Hello, welcome to episode 15 of the Edge Podcast. My name is Paul Creary, and I'm back here with Carter again. Again, for the final time, yeah. Paul is actually uh, signing off of his podcast and other abilities here at uh, Periscope to take on an adventure. So, it's sad. Yeah, it is sad, but uh, I, I guess I would have to note, episode 15, we Paul the last one, and I think you guys are going to be stuck with me for the future. <laughs> I know. I, I've told Carter a few times, I love this podcast, and I'll, I'll be a... a frequent listener in the future. He'll, yeah, he'll listen to us from afar as I butcher all of it. So <laughs> we'll see how that all goes. So for the last time, just to remind you, um, we uh, are the Edge Podcast, and we um, are here in Minneapolis trying to give you the best uh, look at um, pop culture, tech, and how that all relates in kind of an agency viewpoint. So um, with that, you know, not all our viewpoints are 100% correct, and they don't necessarily reflect Periscope as a whole, um, but we try our best to, to just deliver kind of new insights and whatnot. And if you have any feedback, please visit edge.periscope.com and let us know, um, and we try to make these podcasts as hardworking as possible. So we were going to phone it in, I think, this week a little bit, but Paul and I looked back at the last couple of days and the things that have come out and figured actually it could be a pretty packed full episode. It yeah. Be fun. So, Carter, you wrote an awesome, and we all kind of watched it at the uh, agency, about F8, Facebook's kind of annual developers conference, which we'll talk about. Carter had a nice piece on that. I, a few others here at Periscope, actually attended uh, IoT Fuse here in Minneapolis last week at the convention center. Saw an amazing, amazing session um, with Topher White of Rainforest Connection, which I would love to talk about. And then some... Of course, we got to end with some breaking news. Um, the Amazon Echo Look, which uh, again, Carter, you wrote about the, today, it looks like. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a really short piece, and we'll kind of dive into the implications and stuff, as I'm sure we'll be following that yeah. more and more in the future. So, But let's start with F8. Um, big, big, big one. I, I feel like this reverberated around you know the entire world, what, what Zuckerberg kind of announced and, and talked about. And so, Carter, do you want to take a, a first swipe at, at what he said and... And what went down at Totally, yeah. And, and, you know, I wish I knew a little bit more, Paul. You had mentioned, I don't even know what F8 stands for, and I I feel kind of stupid saying that in the first place. Um, But F8 provides uh, Facebook developers specifically an interesting update on the roadmap that um, Mark Zuckerberg announced last year of kind of where Facebook continues to go. Um, but kind of the whole world watches. It's the first time where actually some of the new Facebook features that um, you know they're building and making available over the next couple months will um, come to light, and it shows you know they're able to show demos and things like that. Um, for me, one of the big things that we continue to talk about is you know the AR platforms that they're bringing to life. Now, Mark Zuckerberg has said time and time again that AR is kind of the future of where Facebook is going, um, and it's all based around the fact that the camera is becoming a pivotal part in each one of their owned platforms. So when you look at Instagram, Messenger, Facebook, Facebook, and then Oculus as well. Um, but they're taking that camera to the next level and they're they're introducing AR features that are pretty revolutionary. Um, and I think it's interesting as we continue to look at AR, um, yes, yeah, some of it is a direct copy of some of the stuff Snapchat has done. But I also think though that we're on the, the cusp and, and I think we're just starting to see some real examples of how AR could actually influence in a positive way our day-to-day lives and not just be a trivial type of thing. Now, the trivial stuff is actually even becoming really interesting as well when you start to look at some of the effects and things like that they're putting on cameras. But um, what Mark was talking about was basically this idea that we could actually augment our reality around us and share that with our friends in different ways. So one of my favorite things was the example of, you know, let's say Spy House, local coffee shop here in Minneapolis, 
have a couple different locations and maybe Paul really likes, you know, let's say he likes the spy girl, right? The spy girl cup of coffee. He could actually leave a note in the augmented reality Facebook platform that I could see as I go into that coffee shop. And so they talked a lot about like location-based augmented reality platforms and getting so specific on that location analysis um, that you're actually able to have experiences like that. So he's envisioning people looking at walls through their phones um, and seeing beautiful pieces of artwork or information left by friends. really truly like putting that digital layer on physical objects around the world. Yeah, I think he had another example of looking at like a menu and it would be like Carter's Choice was like the, I don't know, the cheeseburger or whatever whatever it is. And maybe like a tip from Carter, like add the fried onions or something like that. It's like totally. crazy social graph meets um, real life kind of world. Um, I guess too, like when you, when you start thinking of the advertising implications of this, like it's interesting because right now, if you want to create a, I'm air quoting here for those, you know, you can't see me, but a physical ad, you have to literally paint a billboard or put some vinyl up Completely. or, you know, change the bus stop, you know, structure or whatever. But now you could almost just skip that whole production step and just have it be augmented. And whoever's in that bus stop at that time is seeing something different than what another person is. And you're almost targeting... It's like the minority report. Well, I think, too, it's like, you know, it is a, it is still a digital layer, so you're able to do that targeting. It is able to be variable. You can do really whatever you want. There's no really limit to the different things you can put on there. Um, but I think it's pretty incredible to think just the opportunities there. Um, you know, obviously, that was a majority of the conversation they had, but it, it wasn't the end. You know, they talked about new capabilities in Messenger as they bring music and other games to life through that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you also look at, like, developer circles and their personal assistant, M, kind of making a new... Uh, a new piece of comeback. Um, the last thing I want to talk about F8 is Facebook Spaces, which is more focused at their Oculus setup. But Spaces is actually a you know a virtual reality world where your Facebook friends come to life. So if Paul and I were going on a trip, we both could enter Facebook Spaces through our Oculus headsets and virtually preview everything we're going to be doing in LA as we kind of tour the places together virtually before we physically go there. There's a really cool video on Edge right now that talks a little bit about that. It shows a really, really graphical way that that's possible. Do both users have to be yeah, in so an both, Oculus? Yeah, yeah they yeah. both have to be in Oculus. But I think what's interesting is, is that Spaces is actually open to us right now today. And so we're playing with that platform in, in terms of our Oculus systems um, and looking at the beta version of that and how you wow. know, the implications of that could be incredible. For me, I mean, I've been watching F8 for about three or four years, I'd say. This was the first one where I was like, you know, I it was just, it just was like, wow, Facebook is a, a camera, you know, now. And like, it is an augmented reality company. It, it You know, before it would be very like, kind of on the desktop platform or on the, the, the mobile, you know, it, it, they'd be talking about the actual like Facebook app. And this was the first one where it really kind of was like, in my opinion, okay, they're thinking way bigger than just an app on your phone. They're actually thinking about the physical world. It was, it was if you if you haven't watched it, it's I've been telling a lot of people around the agency, just hit play and watch that, at least the keynote from Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, the rest, you know, kind of cascades down from there, but really uh, interesting um, viewpoint and just kind of vision of, of what Facebook sure. is going to well, be. And speaking of vision, Paul, you saw something that was really interesting. Uh, you know, as Paul mentioned, him and a small group of people from Periscope went out to the IoT Fuse conference here in Minneapolis, which is, you know, focusing on IoT hardware and software solutions from people around the country. Um, and he saw a really interesting one from Topher White. 
right? Yeah, yeah. So Topher White uh, is, uh, is, you know, is a startup. He's, he has a startup called Rainforest Connection, um, and he has a huge TED Talk that has over a million views. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes. But he was uh, kind of the keynote speaker at IoT. Uh, my first time visiting IoT Fuse right here in Minneapolis. Really cool. About a thousand people attended. Um, really successful event. Anyways, Topher um, has kind of an interesting. Uh, product. He uh, was on a trip in Sumatra with um, just as a tourist, not, you know, not for work or anything like that. And realized that the rainforests were getting, uh, or deforestation was happening at this rainforest because of illegal loggers who were, you know, cutting down valuable wood, kind of selling it on the market. And they, these, you know, people protecting the rainforest had guards and paid a lot of money to protect the trees. Um, But it was just such a huge piece of land that they couldn't keep up and that these loggers would, you know, get in the middle of the night, sneak out there with chainsaws and literally cut trees down and take the wood out. Um, He has a whole bit on how much this um, impacts global warming and climate change. Um, You know, trees are obviously good things to take in CO2 and all that good stuff. And so if you cut down the rainforest, you're actually, it's it's heating up the globe. Um, And so he kind of had this um, you know, moment while he was sitting there and realized that he was checking his cell phone while in the middle of the rainforest. So they had cell service. I think it was like 2G or 3G, nothing too crazy. Um, yet they couldn't catch these loggers. So what he did was he used um, recycled Android phones and kind of high fidelity um, microphones to listen to the rainforest. Um, and this whole kind of thing was use what's already there. So in order to get cell service, he had to put these things high up in the trees. Luckily, in Sumatra, they had trees that are huge, you know, and can get above the tree line and um, get connect to the cell towers. And so how it worked was, and he built these in like his parents' basement. It's an amazing story. Um, he has photos of himself like in, with his parents making them. And he brought them back to this rainforest preserve and installed them and you know connected it to the cloud so the data the internet of things piece of it was he's listening to the rainforest when the chainsaw frequency comes through he sends an alert to the cloud the cloud then you know pings um, the security guard so they can go bust these illegal loggers in the middle of the night and know exactly kind of where they are at least what what tree they're near um, based on the the frequency of of his microphones Um, long story short it kind of goes, you know, other rainforest preserves hear about this and really want the technology. They contact Topher and he has these installed all around the world now. I mean, Africa, um, South America, you know, Asia, everywhere. And, uh, it actually has been kind of cool because researchers are using it to listen to like rare species of birds. Um, so like he was showing us like the macaw or even elephants in the rainforest who um, speak at like really low frequencies, like under 50 Hertz, um, which the human ear can't even like pick up. Um, so uh, all in all, it was really inspiring and just uh, a good like way to think about, you don't have to overthink it. Like this dude literally just took, pretty crappy Android phones and um, microphones yeah. and, and kind of changed the world in, in a small way. Or, well, know. I think it goes, it's interesting to sh- goes to show, I think we often like underestimate the actual tech that's in our pockets and the power that that has and the things that we're able to do with it. And this is a spitting example of it. He used like lower end phones, like Android devices that were not like big time no. iPhone. No galaxies. New, yeah. Galaxy, <laughs> you know, whatever. But to truly do, when you think about it, a pretty basic function, you know, record, alert, Small bits of data, nothing crazy. I think we do a lot, a lot more um, 
processing, well, processor rich yes. activities um, on our devices each day. What I thought was really cool uh, specifically about it was kind of the story how he stumbled into it and yeah. how he kind of reused this stuff and, and, and really kind of built this for something that might not have been obvious. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool to hear you talk about it. I think too, and just spinning that to our work here at Periscope, our clients have a lot of things that are useful. And sometimes you're just so close to it that you like don't quite you realize. Think, you you're like, about wait, it, yeah. you have that data or you have that you know functionality. Um, so I think it, it was a good reminder for me. What I took away from it was like, always be looking for opportunities and it might be just under your nose. Like he literally was like looking at his cell phone in the middle of the rainforest and put it together. And it, you know, it's not, it, it's not like the craziest engineering miracle. It's just solar panels, a cell phone and a, a microphone. It's like, you know, and he, he has, he's a smart guy. No doubt. He had a great dev team behind him, but um, it, it just is like, sometimes it's right there and you don't need to like build this whole new totally, crazy yeah. thing, you know? So yeah. It was a really fun conference, and thank you, Carter, for setting that up. Oh, it yeah, really it was fun. awesome. It was fun to hear how everyone loved it. So mm-hmm. Cool. Well, crazy thing. Last uh, one, yeah. Last one here. We'll cruise into it. But Amazon Echo. Look, I'm coming in blind, so you got to tell um, me yeah, what I mean, this is. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Echo fan, and I kind of felt, <laughs> I mean, I found out, you know, embarrassingly enough, I found out about it via Fastcode News. I got an email <laughs> about it. It was kind of a crazy day. Um, big Echo fan, have Echo dots throughout my whole home. We have Echoes around here at Periscope. Um, but the new Echo Look, you can compare it's a new hardware product Amazon's launching um, in their Echo line, but ultimately it is an Amazon Echo, but with a camera on it. Hmm. Um, and so not only will it listen to you, but it can also record you. Um, the functionality of it initially is kind of interesting. They're coming out of the gate talking about it as like being like a social tool. So the, the video shows, and you can look at it on Edge or on Amazon.com, but the, the first kind of features they show off are you being able to take pictures of yourself in specific outfits and then share them to your friends and family um, to, you know, kind of compare and contrast and, and get that kind of stuff figured out. Um, but the, the, I think the secret behind it that they kind of allude to in the last half of the video is this idea that machine vision is going to start to figure out what you're wearing and the colors and the things like that and start to make recommendations based on what it sees that you're wearing day to day. And you can start to collect this, you know, make this collection and things like that. Now, with Amazon just right on the cusp of going into the fashion world, this is a really interesting yeah. de- development, knowing that you are potentially going to have an Amazon-connected hardware product sitting in your closet looking at every single thing that you <laughs> wear every single day. You know, what other brand can say that they're actually going to be able to see the real-time information that you are, you know, what you're choosing from? Um, huh. Paul's watching the video right now, but yeah. it just goes to show, like, you know, where else could this potentially live? And right now it seems like it's very focused on fashion, very focused on being in, you know, in your bedroom or in your closet, which is also an interesting thing in terms of like privacy. I think, you know, we'll probably get a lot of people saying like, you know, it was one thing for it to listen to me, but now it's like a camera in my bedroom. Yeah, like, how does that look? Far. And like, you know, and I, you know, I never am a person like that. I think, you know, we have to embrace what's coming and, yeah. and you know, be educated in it. And I think like I've, Throwing my hat into the ring for a pre-order, um, but I think when's the release date? Uh, Do they, you remember? I think it's like, a notifi- like we'll notify oh, you. Oh, it's like on, coming soon. Yeah, coming soon type thing. Um, but it's an interesting way in. I think you know with the camera, the camera sometimes freaks people out a little bit more than a simple microphone. Um, but the potential behind this is 
out of this world. Right. When you start to think of the different engines that Amazon's building in their cloud to start to recognize images based on you know the camera systems, like all the things that it could potentially do. But if you start looking at e-com, like you extrapolate this out a little bit more. And what if you don't even have to visually say that you're out of something? What if Amazon knows how many times you've used that Tide detergent <laughs> and can figure out the average size? You know, it's we can continue on yeah. forever. But having this type of sensor in your home tied with the powerful cloud service that's behind the scenes, it's out of this And world. we've talked to some uh, image recognition vendors here at Periscope. Um, image recognition is getting really good. Um, like super like, good. Like, so like, what, if you haven't checked it out, like it's so like. So the idea of image recognition for those yeah. who might not know is like, let's say you open up your camera on your iPhone and I point it at a Lacroix can. It can figure out that it's a Lacroix can. It's this flavor, et cetera, et cetera. It's getting better to say I point out a light switch. I point at a computer. It's starting to figure out from the computer, from the algorithms, or not the algorithm, but the, but the engine that's happening behind right. the scenes you're able to actually see or determine what that is without having human input. I remember this is similar to the Xbox Connect uh, uh, camera. When it came out, people were like, is it going to know like if I have a Mountain Dew on the table or a Pepsi? And like, you know, there was kind of all these talks about that. And it's the same kind of idea here for Amazon. Well, one, and the truth is it would. Like yeah. it would know what you have on your table. Totally. Um, but imagine like a, a shot of your living room and Amazon having a complete inventory of every single product that you own. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty powerful. I, I, I can't say I'm surprised. I, I will say I'm curious, you know, um, I'm sure it'll be like a, a classic adoption curve of early adopters like, Myself and Carter kind of jumping and getting our hands on them, and then we'll, we'll see what the like cultural reaction is to this one. Because, like you said, I, I think a microphone was like a certain level of cameras. People tend to get a little bit more, uh, especially in like a bedroom, like they have in their little spot here. But um, you you always got to think about too, though. It's like your competitors, like Apple and Google, not Google as much, but Apple has yeah. cameras and microphones yeah. and things all around us, and they've had for a long time. You know, I think. We have to just think about that. Totally, totally. Right. So more to come on that. That could be a whole series of things, but we'll keep on top of all of it. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Thanks so much, Carter. Um, and yeah, with that, we talked about F8. We talked about IoT, Toffer White, and Rainforest Connection. Um, some really exciting stuff happening there. And then um, we wrapped it up with the Amazon Look, which is uh, a, a, essentially a Amazon Echo with a camera on it. Um, which is pretty crazy. Well, before Paul signs off, it is his last yeah. podcast episode. Tier tier, we will miss him greatly. And we know this entire Edge network would be nothing compared to or without his involvement. He has been the engine behind a lot of the things that we're seeing on Edge, on podcasts, on Public House, on WTF, the whole network. So we can't thank him enough and wish him the best. And we know he'll be judging from afar <laughs> as he listens to the podcast that I try to produce from here on out. Totally. Well, thanks so much, Carter. It's been a blast. Uh, and yeah, for the last time, look forward to uh, staying in touch with you guys and just visit Periscope Edge, edge.periscope.com. I'm sorry. Um, and visit the site and look at all the, the latest and greatest. Um, thanks so much. Who's been your soul?